Happy Wednesday. Here we are again. It is Wednesday again. Can you believe that? I just, I feel like it was just two days ago and it was Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Wednesday sneaks up every week. It it does. And I feel like the closer you get to the end of the year, the quicker things start moving. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of blame Christmas that it's some kind of a Christmas voodoo (laughs) that happens and and you start losing time. The Christmas voodoo. <laughs> That's funny. It's probably like not even right to say, but um <laughs> <laughs> but now it's been said. Hello, John. John is feeling better. Everybody should know good. John is feeling better. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh my goodness. We've got three sick boys in the house and um and and that's no fun. A whole lot of coughing going on in my house. No, we are we are such babies when we get sick. I agree with you. <laughs> I, I'll admit it. I, I, I it's it is what it is. And... It, it is what it is. And um, anyway, moving right along. <laughs> Anyone else uh, uh... experiencing sickness? <coughs> <laughs> Anybody else experiencing sickness, be healed. Thank you. I'll be take that. Healed. Be ye healed. I'm gonna say it like a oh yeah. Smith. Yes. If I add the ye in there, then it's um has more, more potency on it. Yes. yes. Yeah. Italian. It's more, it's, a, it's more direct from oh. the throne room if I say ye. Be ye. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm going with anyway. Um. I hope everyone is having a glorious Wednesday. Mine has started off well. Did I really want to wake up this morning when my alarm went off? Not really. Got home late from a basketball game. and um, But you know what? I was promised a meteor shower, actually. Can I complain for a second? I was, Please do. I was told that we were supposed to have a meteor shower that started at 9 p.m. And I was fully expecting to be entertained on my way home from teeny tiny Kansas and nada, not even a shooting star, nothing, not even a star in the sky. It was, it was disappointing. Too cloudy. Hmm. Too cloudy. The meteor shower I'm sure happened. Scheduled to happen. I'm sure it happened, but I didn't get to see it because it was too cloudy. I need to, I need to really like start working out my my spiritual powers so I can command command cloudiness to go away. Okay. Yeah. I know. Anyway, that's where we're at. Those are the things that let, I'm just let me know at. when you're doing that, and I won't be trying to command it to come and rain. Well, in regard to weather, you and I are usually on opposite ends. Uh, (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Anne-Marie is about this. Oh, gosh. My goodness. Okay. So last week we talked about tea parties and dancing. And this week we're talking about having control of the weather. It's fine, people. We're just trying to to get our bearings and know what it is that we're called to do. Um, This week, we're going to talk about loving your neighbor. We're going to talk about the way that we love our neighbor has everything to do with the way that we receive love from God and the way that we return love to God and how we love ourselves. Isn't it interesting Mm -hmm. that the phraseology is love your neighbor as yourself? And um, uh, speaking of gutted, I was a little bit gutted by, by God's line of questioning on this and, and it, it it was simply, you know, when you're playing small, you're holding your neighbor to your smallness, to your small mindedness. And, um, and, and that there is a plumb line that we are to work within when we are loving self, loving God, loving neighbor. Right. And, um, and, and we are all guilty of this because we all have preferences preferences what did you say you said something so fantastic the just a little bit ago about preference do you remember oh about 
Your preferences don't matter in the kingdom. Your preferences don't matter in the kingdom. Turns out your preferences don't matter in the kingdom. Your bias doesn't matter. The, <laughs> <laughs> the only preference that matters in the kingdom <laughs> is that of the king. Mm-hmm. I know it's crazy. I, I know if you are blown away by this, you're going to be okay. You are going to be okay. So let's just jump in here. And I want to, to tell you about a, um, a couple different encounters that I've had recently, probably in the last um, month and a half, where I'm experiencing a moment that feels wrong to me, feels wrong, like the moment is wrong and and in the middle of this moment i'm like caught up in the tension of the wrong and and knowing that i need to make a decision and god enters in with his inquisition i love it when god enters the scene with a line of questioning it is one of my favorite things that he does with me because it gets to the root of of what it is that's that's um curating my response and um and and that is the preference right this is this is a thing that we coddle and we don't want anybody to disrupt because it do, disrupts our whole week or month or year or life and um we 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 coddle we huddle around those things called preferences and and we get very disturbed when when there's a wrecking ball moment and um and and so his line of questioning has been very simple and this has happened two different times to me and it is simply is there freedom does this person have freedom to do what they're doing and it both times it's kind of taken me back and and caused me to hit pause you guys, if you are not practicing the pause on a regular basis, you may be an extrovert. Also, you should insert the pause into your life. <laughs> <laughs> practicing the pause keeps us from trouble. <laughs> yes, it does. And so in these moments, I'm like, okay, let me really think about this. Is there freedom for the person that is wrecking my paradigm to do what they're doing. Yes. Ultimately. Yes. Let me just tell you what happened to me last night. I'm at a basketball game last night. My son is, is playing basketball and, and I, I, this, this particular gym is a frenzy of debris. We'll just call it debris. And, um, and it's just swirling in the atmosphere and it is tight. It's a very small gym and probably a hundred years old. <laughs> I have like the limestone walls on the inside. So you feel like, you know, you're, you're in a castle of some sort and um, very, very old. It's cold, it's crowded and, um, and very opinionated. This gym is particularly opinionated and it draws draws that out of of the people in there. Hey, be careful not to become a slave of the atmosphere, okay? Mm-hmm. We are actually called to become a slave of the atmosphere. We're called to change the atmosphere. That's that's for free. Side note. Um and so, there was a fan that was for us and yet against us. <laughs> and it was so over the top that, uh, you know, he, he had something to say about every little thing that was transpiring. He was clearly agitated, probably by the atmosphere mostly, and, and really had very little self-control. And, um, and, and nobody's kid was safe. He was, <laughs> he was yelling things at every kid that did every little thing <coughs> And I keep calling them kids. These are like, you know, high school students. These and are big, big kids. They're big kids. Nonetheless, <laughs> they're someone's child. <laughs> and did I mention this place is crowded? Like you're sitting sideways and, <laughs> and there's there's just no room. And And so anyway, we have like this unspoken rule in our organization that one, you don't yell air ball. 
two, you don't yell in the middle of the opponent's free throws. He's breaking all the rules, which part of me was like, oh, this is awesome. Go. <laughs> because I kind of like to to upset the apple cart sometimes, or I like it when other people are doing it. And um, and I would never do it so blatantly as he. But um, so he's yelling in the middle of their free throws. And I, when I tell you, like, this is a no-no, like, this is like, this could get you kicked out <laughs> kind of behavior. And so in this moment, I'm having to like weigh, does he have freedom to fan the way he wants to? And, and this is really important. Like we, we have to really consider these things. Like, do you have freedom to worship the way that you want to worship? Do you have freedom to pray the way that you feel led to pray? Is there freedom? We can't take that away from one another. However, what was transpiring in the middle, and I don't know about you guys, but when I'm in crowds like this, I can really like extra hear God. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just can. <laughs> and and so I, I'm like, I'm watching the game and I'm enjoying the game, but I'm also watch, listening and, 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 and watching almost the commentary of heaven going on. <laughs> and so I have this fan behind me who's being quite obnoxious by my my... Uh, judgment. And, and then I'm watching across the court, the reaction to the freedom of the fan behind me. And there's not freedom. You know what I'm saying? Like there is not the, the, across the gym, freedom is wanting to be squashed in this moment. And then if that's not bad enough that we have freedom guy back here doing what he wants, that little kids pick up on freedom guys oh no start yelling in the middle of the opponent's free throws and and i suppose this could be equated to you know like somebody speaking at a tee off for golf i mean you know like you know there's golf claps and at, at free throws you know i guess there's like this solemn practice you're supposed to enter into i don't know but um it's not what and, you see on tv it's not what is depicted on TV for sure, but listen, we are a good Christian organization of homeschooling families, and um, and and we are playing by the rules. Anyway, so in the middle of all of this, God starts talking to me about freedom and how that pertains to how we love God, how we love self and how we love neighbor. Right. And this matters very much. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to take this a little bit further because there was one point where freedom guy stood up and hollered. I mean, he was, he was in any crowd. I think that he would be obnoxious, but at one point freedom guy stands up and starts hollering so much that he slobbered in my hair. I kid you not. I am sitting there in the middle of this basketball game, having all of these things go on around me. He stands up. And if things aren't edgy enough, now I have freedom guys slobber in my hair. <laughs> oh. It was a whole encounter, you guys. And so, I mean, and, and I could just feel God giggling at this moment. Like, and, and what are you going to do with this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, how are you going to react to this? Because I know that in this moment, like, God is watching my reaction to everything. Like, he is standing and he's watching how am I going to, to regard my own preferences and how am I going to stretch them out and attempt to apply them to the happenings all around me? Why am I telling you this elaborate dramatic story? Because this is what we do all the time without realizing it. Are we are we ever aware and sitting within the scene of the whole thing? Are we practicing the pause and really relating to what's going on around? No, we're not. We're just reacting. We're just reactors. We are reactors. It's what we do. And unfortunately, what it is that we are reacting to is not the worth of the king it's the worth of our preference. Mm -hmm. We are people called to holiness. We are people called to righteousness. 
However, we aren't protecting holiness and righteousness. We're protecting preference. See, I told you my whole big dramatic story just to get to that one point. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, we, Jump can, we, can almost, we can almost stop there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that's a really good story to to illustrate preferences and and stretching out freedom and just thinking about that freedom i'm just thinking is this happening is this freedom happening within the boundary lines that god has set i I understand the boundary lines of the organization they're very very tight and and, you know when we think about preferences and we think about justice and righteousness we're, we're often thinking about especially with justice we don't we don't look at what god's what god's definition of justice is we don't look at what his preference is for us we want punishment yeah that's what we want we want punishment and and our preferences in in justice often equal punishment and we don't we don't ever consider what it is that God's saying. Uh, hence the statement, you know, your preferences in the kingdom don't matter. Yeah. And and so, uh, but that's that's a really good story to to illustrate that. And you know, talking about us being reactors, yeah, we are reactors, nuclear reactors, because that's generally what happens. We go from zero to nuclear, right, in, in a short amount of time. Well, Excuse let me, me just let me just add this really quick because. There, there was there was another parent sitting near me who is a board member and 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 then there is the president of of the board that was across the court for me who I have you know a line of sight on and and I could see him so he was trying to rein the kids in who were copying freedom guy and I could see him saying we don't you know we don't do that. And, and, and the, the other parent sitting beside me turned around to freedom guy and was like, yeah, we don't do that. You know, I mean, he wasn't taking like this authoritarian kind of edge in, in his, his conversation, but was definitely like guarding the parameters of what freedom looks like within the organization. And so I thought that it was really interesting that the jargon there is we, we don't do that. So when, when the preference, when the individual preference that has nothing to do with the worth of the king becomes spread wide over an organization, you, 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 don't, you don't have freedom anymore. Freedom, freedom has, has escaped. And, and what I think is really important for us to remember in, in regard to freedom is where the spirit of the Lord is, the fruit is freedom. And so if you have freedom missing from your encounter, you generally have the expression of the spirit missing from, from, the, from the whole. And so I, I, it's really fascinating to me that, that to really consider like, now let's take it to a church context. The Western church as a whole isn't really progressing. We regressed, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And, and we could point it back to this very thing that, that we have taken preference, put it on a pedestal, pointed to it as if it's holy and held everyone hostage to an individual preference. And it doesn't have anything to do with the king. And this is, this is the measure by which we love because we take that, that preference and we use it to garner love. It's a dangerous place to be. It's interesting how we want to equate preference to justice. I just, I I can't get away from that. And in reality, righteousness and justice are so closely connected that we don't want to see it because of preference, because yeah. of all these things that you're talking about as it relates to 
the the negative side of preference because we're we're getting outside the boundary lines that God sets, and uh, uh, not wanting to to give freedom to people, and, and wanting to box them in into some morality code that that we've initiated that we have invented, and and it doesn't have anything to do with the kingdom, and it has everything to do with um, wanting to look right in the eyes of men. Cool. That's it. Yeah. And absolutely nothing with wanting to, to be worthy of, of what the King is worthy of in, in offering up worship and, and praise and in, in, in our everyday lives, uh, being a living sacrifice, being, uh, uh being worthy uh, uh, or should say offering up worth to the king like you talked about a few weeks ago are you are you offering up what uh what is uh, what the king is worthy of yeah and and this is this should be the measure of our everyday lives uh, you know this should be the the boundary lines that we're looking at not oh is this going to make us look bad in front of these these other religious people who have a different type of religion yeah. Who have a different set of, of moral standards and a, a different way of living and, and their own spiritual debris that's stirred up and clashing with our spiritual junk that we're, that we have stirred up. Yeah. And nobody is wanting to, to recognize it and take hold of it and, and uh, live by the golden rule. Yeah. No, but nobody's wanting to do that. Every, everybody's just wanting to say that, you know, oh, nope, this is the way it is. And yes, you know, we, we've talked about wanting to live and, and act in um, and, and honor the lead, right? And, and as a part of this organization, we do that. We do. However, it doesn't mean that it's, it's right. It, it doesn't mean that when we apply the kingdom to it, that we can say, yeah, this is pleasing to the king. Yeah. Because it's not. It is. It is hemming his people in to something that he doesn't consider freedom. Right. It's, it's bringing them into, uh, uh, again, you know, to fear of man rather than fear of the Lord. Yeah. And that, that just, that can't be where we take this. And, you know, we can't, um, you know, if somebody's getting slobbering angry, there's probably a conversation there, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, outside of that what what does it look like to to be free right and and really asking god is is this freedom okay is this freedom or is this being bound to the atmosphere mm-hmm. where we may think it's freedom but actually it's reacting like you said being a reactor mm-hmm. to the environment that's not freedom that's control you're being controlled by the environment and so uh these conversations that you're talking about in the midst of all of the chaos and noise, if we aren't able to practice the pause when it's quiet, you're not going to be able to practice the pause when it's in that environment. And I wasn't there last night, but I have been to this gym and I know exactly what it is that you're describing. (laughs) And I watched the game online and even watching it online, you can feel that atmosphere because when you Mm -hmm. hear that home crowd chanting the things that they do, you, you can get sucked into that so easily if you allow it. And well, and they were docile compared to freedom guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was wild. And, and, and the reason why it was stuck out so much is because we are such a controlled organization. It's it, there's so much control. Like I said, the verbiage is we don't do this. And and when you are a conglomeration of multiple families, listen, here in America we homeschool because we like to be in control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Yep. We don't want someone else telling us how our kids should learn. And and so when you or have, what? what? Or what they should learn, well, how should or learn. what. For sure. And, and and so when you have, you know, 50 families making up an, an organization and they're all reaching for some level of control and clearly all have a preference, you have a hot mess of legalism. And, 
Yeah. And so let's, let's get back on track here. It has very little to do with homeschooling, but, <laughs> or basketball for that matter. Yes, I know. It Both is good your, illustrations it, though. Yeah. It, it's John's favorite atmosphere because he fits. right. <laughs> you know, I, I almost wondered at first if, if he might've been freedom guy, but then I was like, no, no I, know, he's I know who you're talking about. Guy. Yeah. 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 He, he's not freedom guy. And, um, anyway so treat others the way you want to be treated right mm -hmm. so th this is the golden rule you are taught this from the time you're little especially if you're westernized and um <laughs> I, I mean like drilled in you know mm -hmm. to treat others the way that you want to be treated churched or not this is just the golden rule right well, what's so fascinating to me and what God is really highlighting for me is that we dumb down the way we treat others because of what we feel will be reciprocated. So mm. what I mean by this, again, is we, we, we alter the plumb line of kingdom character, kingdom righteousness kingdom standards because of the fear of what will be reciprocated we reach for so we have okay so we all have judgment functions right can we all agree on that we all have a judgment function don't you dare try and tell me no because you know judge not yeah that hurts <laughs> you have a judgment function you are actually created with a judgment function understand scripture um, yeah. and, and so we, we all have initial knee jerk judgments and that's fine. It's what we do with it is where the problem exists. Mm -hmm. Typically holiness is found in that initial response that we have. Yeah. When we start teasing it out is when we get into problems because we want to water it down because we start thinking in our flesh rather than with our spirit. And, and we start thinking, okay, I, and this is like, this is Angie on vulnerability here. Like I do this, I do this. I water down my reactions to things because I'm so well-trained in treat others the way you want to be treated. And so even in, and, and this is where I'm going to be really, really vulnerable with you, even in, so, so most of you have followed me long enough to know that, that we have had some, um, our, our girls were um, groomed uh, to be sexually abused. It's been many years now. And, and even in this instance, I bought into a good girl complex. I hope you understand what I mean by that. To where I was like, oh my gosh, the way that I respond to him, the the um, the groomer, right? The um, the way that I respond to him could come back on me. So I need to be careful how I respond to this situation because it's going to turn back around and the way that I treat him is going to fall on me later. And what if I need somebody to be this nice to me? But here's the problem with that is that nice is never going to enact kingdom principles within the world. Righteousness, however, will. And the problem in us, and this is ingrained in us, when we start faltering in being a good girl or good boy, we dismiss God's justice, God's righteousness, because we do not trust him. We do not believe that when we actually enact the system of judgment or justice that comes from the kingdom, that when it comes back around, it's going to mishandle us. And we have become weak and small-minded. And I do want to point to some scripture here. In Judges, we have the story of Gideon. And this is in Judges 6. And this is really, really interesting to me. Because this is, I, I believe that this was one of the things that Israel faltered in all of the time. Yes, Tabitha, me too. Um, 
definitely raised that way. It mattered very much the way that that it looked, you know, the way that that I appeared, that I was definitely a representation of my my parents, particularly my mom. And, and we do that as parents. We put that on our children and 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 force them to be a representation of the way that we believe it should all look. Um, so in Judges chapter six, um, starting in verse two, it says, they made for themselves the dens, which are in the mountains, as well as the caves and the strongholds. Okay, let's read into that. They made for themselves the dens, which are in the mountains, as well as the caves and the strongholds. What was Israel's response to the enemy? What was Israel's response to a lack of a justice system. They shrunk. They went and made dens for themselves. They made their habitat within the confines of hiding places. And this is what we do when we shrink back. When we shrink back and we adjust righteousness and justice, which by the way, are the foundation for the king's throne. When we adjust the foundation for the king's throne, he and his government cannot be rightly established in our atmosphere, in our world. So then we have we have the calling of, of Gideon, right? Where is he found? Gideon is found hiding from the Midianites in a wine press, threshing, doing the right things, right? There's nothing wrong with being in a wine press and there's absolutely nothing wrong with threshing, but there is absolutely something wrong with being in a hiding space, doing the holy things. And we dismiss the call on our lives when we do these things. I'm going to do spiritual activities. I'm going to hold everyone hostage to my preference of spiritual activity. And I'm going to bring us all into hiding. Now, I am telling you this because I've done it. I think I'm still doing it, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Because another thing that was happening for me in the middle of this gym last night, it was a whole encounter, you guys, is, is God starts talking to me about the small programs that I've been a part of. Small homeschool programs, small Christian school program. Now, this all had to do with sports, but he starts talking to me about this. He's like, you are still playing small. You are still hiding. Do I want to still be hiding? No, I don't. Why do I do this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I do this. But, you know, even Gideon's response to the Lord. I mean, the Lord comes for Gideon and finds him in the space of hiding. And he's like, you, what does he say to him? Oh, my gosh, this is so good. Um, he calls him a valiant warrior. Gideon is hiding. He is hiding out doing spiritual works. And God comes along and he calls him a valiant warrior. And Gideon's response to the Lord is, how do I know that this is really what you're calling me to do? Yeah. I mean, the, the, that it's just, it's wild. You might even about it. Yep. And he's hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat, doing the work. Hide it under, under a bushel. Yes. <laughs> We're honest. Yep. <clears throat> we are so afraid. So afraid. Of, of of being big, so afraid. We are so afraid of it. There's a, an old song 
I don't even know how old it is, but, um, and I don't even, I can't even tell you the name of it, but the line within it is, Lord, we're reaching for your glory, reaching out just to touch your glory. Lord, we're reaching for your glory. We say things like this, but do we have any idea what will happen if his glory actually fell? We're incapable of weighing that because we're so busy hiding. I don't even know what's happening. Am I still there with you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. My screen just went black for a minute, and but I could still hear you, so I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Sorry. All right. You, you mentioned why do we play small? Why am I still playing small? Well, you know, I think it's conditioning. We have been conditioned by um, people with wrong motives, maybe not starting with wrong motives, but coming to a wrong motive of control over time. And, and we get conditioned to play small because we can't step outside of somebody's preference or interpretation of scripture that fits within their preference. And so we get conditioned to play small, to play small, to play small. And, and it has everything to do with uh, Amory's comment. Comment, does it, does this come in? Uh, is this all about the fear of man? Well, yeah, it is. For sure. This, this is what, what keeps us in that conditioning. So rather than being conditioned by the fear of the Lord and being conditioned by God, to play big, to play how he wants us to, to live up to the fullness of being called that mighty man of valor who isn't hiding in the wine press, but who is out doing the things called to. We aren't conditioned by God. We allow ourselves to be conditioned by man. And uh, that, that puts us in a fear of man. If we allow ourselves to be conditioned by God, then we will hold on to the fear of the Lord. And, and our preferences will start to mirror his preferences. And, and if our preferences step out of his boundary lines, then he's going to quickly be able to say, hey, that's out, that's outside of, of the freedom that I have for you. That's yeah. that's getting back into being controlled by fear of man. And and we're quicker to recognize this. Again, it goes back to what you talked about earlier, practicing the pause. Yeah. We have to be able to do that in the quiet times because it will matter. To, to be conditioned in that way by God so that when it is chaos going on around us and the spiritual atmosphere is just like a tornado with all of the debris flying around. Uh, if you haven't experienced that, go watch one online, see what that looks like. Yeah. This is, this is the atmosphere that she's describing within this gym last night. And so if, if we are, are not practicing the pause, um, to allow God to condition us when it's quiet, then in these times, it's not going to happen. And what you talked about, holiness being watered down, holiness watered down is, is compromise. Yes. And we allow our holiness to be compromised. And then again, that shoots us off into that fear of man rather than fear of the Lord. And, and I think if we don't get a hold of, of the fear of the Lord and, and, how that really grounds us and shapes us and, and puts us in right posture, sets us up to hear, sets us up to act, then, then we're not going to, to be effective for the kingdom. Right. We're, we're just going to wind up living within our preferences and being agitated and offended by somebody else wanting us to live within their preferences. And, and then what do we get? We get division right. rather than the multiplication. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, if I'm honest, I'll tell you that when, when we left <coughs> the, um, the church that we were part of, when God called us out, um, one of the, one of the things that was really hard for me to adjust to was pushing against the preferences. 
that was one thing that was really difficult for me is because I, it had become very habitual for me to push, to push, to push. And, and when, when that was missing, I didn't know what to do because there was no one to push against but myself. (laughs) And, and so I think that we've become quite addicted to pushing against man and um, instead of being content to reach for the glory of God, to put it on display because it's safer. And I hate that word in context mm-hmm. to the kingdom than, yeah. um, than the alternative. And, and so, you know, here, here's what I'll tell you is that if, if you need if you need a, a safety device, go ahead and seatbelt yourself to the altar. Yeah. If you if you if you need safety in your life, do that. And listen, I, I'm even I'm gonna take this a little bit further. Here we go. Yeah, because I think that we, we've got to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Our Bible stories are wrapped up in miracles happening on the land. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like the miracles are happening on the land. The encounters are happening on the land. I have a feeling that for the majority of us, we're content to experience encounters in the realms of the spirit and are hiding out there. We're not laying hold of faith. We're not, we're content. We're content to just, you know, retell our stories of encounters that are unseen. The call is to reach into the unseen, pull it into the physical realm and manifest it. That's the call, you guys. This is when the kingdom is on display. How 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 is anybody who, who doesn't know Christ going to know and, and be able to marvel at his works when we are so content to hide within the realms of the spirit? I am not suggesting that it is wrong to go into the realms of the spirit. Don't misunderstand me. I am simply saying that we should not be content to travel in the spirit only. Right. Let's go there lay hold by faith, lay hold of those things and cause them to manifest in our physical world so that we can actually put Christ on display. I think, I think it is, Tabitha, I think it's a hiding place for us. Mm -hmm. I, I think that we have been so content to just trade stories of, of spiritual encounter and have not held one another accountable to the works. Greater things you will do is what yeah. Jesus told the disciples. Greater things. They marveled. Oh my gosh, look at look at all you did. Because what what where would we be if Jesus would have come, entered into spirit realms, and just told everybody, oh. I had this awesome encounter with the Lord. <laughs> sounds a little crazy when we talk about Jesus. Oh my gosh. You know? That's like, so funny. Oh, I, I entered into this space <laughs> in, in the realms and I saw a man get healed. This is, do, do we trust? Do we trust enough to, to exercise faith? I, I think this is one of those things that it, it goes back to as well with what you're talking about. If we're going to hide out, it just means we, we lack trust. You know, it, and, and that means we're not going to exercise faith to pull that into this, this realm, into uh, where we are right now. Yeah. And and we're, we're going to leave it out. And, you know, you're, you're talking about pushing back uh, against something. And then when you step out to lead, now you only have yourself to push against. This is a great point of practice now to be able to exercise faith and trust when you are not the one who everyone's pushing against. Push against yourself. 
before you step out to lead, you know, you need to know how to lead yourself. And so at that time, you need to be pushing back against yourself. It is what, what is it I believe about God? Push back on it. Yeah. What is it that God's saying about me? Push back on it. Go dig deeper into it. Have the conversation with Holy Spirit that, that takes you further down into that. So you have a better understanding. So wisdom builds in you <clears throat> and, and ultimately you trust enough to step out in faith. And, and it's, it's can sound like a difficult thing to do, but do you trust God to, to move when you step out in faith? I'm just going to have to go back to that when we talk about looking at what we see in the unseen realm. Oh, I saw this person healed. Okay. Did you go over there and declare that with your words over them? Cool story, bro. Did you actually go do something about it? Did you step out in faith? Did you trust God that when he showed you that picture that this is reality? What we see in the spirit is is potential reality in the scene realm, in this realm. If we are bold enough to believe and step out in faith. And, you know, in, in these moments, you, you better have been conditioned by God. You better have been pushing back on yourself. And, and, you know, cause if, if you haven't answered, what is it you believe about God in these moments, you, you're going to shrink back. Yeah. Again, it goes back to what you're talking about earlier in these moments. Are you going to shrink back or are you going to step out? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that it's important that we just make the statement <laughs> that the spirit realm does not exist for our entertainment. That's right. It, it's a, it's a, it's a misuse. Honestly, it's an abuse of the spirit realm to use it for our entertainment. I feel like we run in to the spirit realm. I need, I got to get my fix. I've got to have this fix of, of encountering what's in, in the spirit realm. And because we want to be able to have something to put on display and it's usually just a story of our encounter and not the manifestation of the kingdom. If we're playing around in the spirit realm and can't lay hold of something that we can make manifest, you guys, what good is it? Mm-hmm. What good is it? It, it is that the... <sighs> we are so twisted. We really are. We've got it so backwards. And I want us to experience a true freedom so that we can make manifest the kingdom. We can talk about the kingdom all day long, but until we are are actually holding ourselves accountable to manifesting the kingdom, what good is it? What good is it? Yeah, the the accountability piece, you know, if, if we're playing the good girl, good boy, there's no authenticity of representing God there, which means there's no real accountability. Right. We're just, we're just playing games, playing church, going through, checking the boxes, counting butts in seats rather than looking for the fruit. Yep. Yep. And, and the accountability piece is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Nobody can hold me accountable to what it is that I am experiencing in, in the unseen realm. Right. Oh, go there. <laughs> go there. I, I don't really have much more to say about it than that, but this, this is, you guys, this is how we end up with spiritual abuse mm-hmm. is because there's no accountability when we are content to, to just travel in the spirit and we aren't actually making manifest the kingdom with its fruit. Yes. With its fruit. Listen, I am not interested in anybody's next best way to do things. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I had a conversation with a friend just the other day and they're like, well, there's this parenting thing. And I don't remember what kind of a parenting thing, to be quite honest. And, and, and I'm only using this as an example. Um, and, and I'm like, show me the fruit. You know, if, if, if that way of parenting or this way of doing that 
whatever, whatever the, the scenario is, show me the fruit. The next best way to do something isn't necessarily going to produce fruit. You know what produces fruit? People that are entering into the presence of the Lamb of God, who are beholding him in the fullness of his holiness, allowing that to transform them, becoming a legitimate expression of righteousness on the earth. These are the things that produce fruit, mm-hmm. not the next best way to do something. Yeah. Encountering holiness is what will produce fruit. And I listen, if we want to change the way people regard the church, we are going to have to become very conscious of the fruit that we are serving up. If it does not look like Jesus, it's gotta, it's gotta be thrown out. Mm-hmm. It just has to. If it is not worthy of Jesus, it doesn't fit into him. I love to go back to this. The toys, the toddler toys. There's a red side, a blue side, and there's yellow shapes that fit inside the, the cutout shapes on the toy and you can fit them into it. And you pull the thing apart and they all drop out. If what we're holding to does not fit perfectly within the Lamb of God, get rid of it as fast as possible. Yeah. If it doesn't fit in Christ, it doesn't fit in you. Stop mm-hmm. hanging on to it just because you feel you have some sort of pseudo authority about it. Authority that does not fit within the measure of Christ does not belong in your mouth. Yeah. That's that's authority without without burden. And, and all of these things we're talking about, about seeing into the spirit realm and then not doing anything about it. Uh, I, I'm going to be bold enough to say that that is, is being lukewarm. That's not hot nor cold. That's lukewarm. Because if you're hot, you're going to do something about it. If you're cold, you're not looking at all. You're just existing. Yeah. And, and. We, we absolutely aren't held accountable to what we're seeing in the spirit realm because I'm, I'm not in your brain. I'm not seeing through your eyes. So again, what's the fruit? What's the fruit? Because you're, you're not using your authority as, as a son of God if you are just hanging out. Yeah. You're just seeing and not doing. Yeah. And, and without acting... And, and then being held accountable for that action, there's no growth there because if you do step out and you mess it up, guess what? You know, we can, we can repent, we can reconcile, we can restore and move forward because there's growth there, but we have to be willing to step out. Mm -hmm. If we're not willing to, to do that, then, um, again, where's the trust? Where's the faith? You know? Where's our, where's our authenticity of, of who it is that God's calling us? Where's our willingness to be in oneness with one another? It's not there. No. No. All of these things matter greatly in context to oneness. Mm-hmm. What we hold fast to is what we will hold our neighbor accountable to. And I don't want to hold you hostage to a preference that is not articulating well the kingdom of God. I would prefer that you not love me at all if your love does not look like the kingdom. Mm So let's be mindful. Let's be mindful and know what our love actually looks like. What's it filled with? What's it asking of our neighbor? 
work up. The only thing I would I would say uh, as a my closing thought is when we use the term neighbor, use it in in picture in your mind oneness. Just yeah. don't picture the people that live around you. We have to to start to expand these definitions of what it is we're saying. And when we're talking about neighbor, we are talking about oneness. Mm -hmm. So like Angie said, it matters. All of this matters in oneness. If we are one body, one church, then it matters. And it matters greatly. Yeah, it does. And, and, and we're going after oneness. We have to. <clears throat> We have to, because it's what Christ wants. He wants a whole and holy bride. So let's hold our preferences with open hands. And wide uh, hands. Really, really wide. <laughs> and, and allow them to, those things to just be knocked out at the will of the father. If the father wants freedom guy to experience his freedom, I am not allowed to shut his freedom down because it grates against me. We are so, so quick to judge based on our own self-interest. If I keep talking, I'm just going to belabor the point. So, Father God, oh, thank you that your eyes are on us. Thank you for the close examination that you're doing of your people right now. I don't want to shrink back from your gaze. I don't want to fear your examination. I want to be one who stands for your justice, for your righteousness, God. I want to be one who is capable of putting your kingdom on display, God. And that means that I have to be willing to have you sharpen me, to have you slough off the things that are just preferences God I just thank you that we can always count on your fire you said that you would provide the fire ours is to bring the sacrifice Yes. And not just the rubbish, God, our whole self. Mm -hmm. I trust you, God, to burn in me. I trust you, God, to burn in my friends. Let your holy fire come and purify. We want to be pure expression of your kingdom, God. Seed a boldness in us. Not to merely talk about spiritual things, but to put spiritual things on display. To make manifest your values, your character, your fruit. Increase our measure of faith, God. Make us whole. Make us one. All right, friends. Hey, this was it for um, Wednesdays for December. So we are going to take a, a little bit of time off for the rest of the year. And so we wish you a very Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll be back on, on Wednesdays. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the date right off, but um, early in January. But I'll be back on on Friday. And then, um, and then we'll go offline for the rest of the year. So be blessed, friends. We love you dearly. Mm -hmm.